Good morning and welcome to a Saturday morning, February the 4th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. And we are delighted, honored, and humbled that you have decided to take an hour of your busy day this weekend to spend some time with us. Uh, We are deeply appreciative of your listenership. Thank you very much. And uh, we, we are... Uh, as always, dedicated to bringing you only the best Bible teaching from near and afar. Uh, we are the near, and uh, Pastor Dick and Lucas are the near, and JB is the far. Uh, he's out in Colorado, but joins us uh, once a month, and probably uh, coming up here twice a month uh, from the Denver, Colorado area. So we're we're very fortunate. Uh, to be able to bring you this, and and we uh, we hope that you're blessed by by tuning in and and listening. So, without further ado, uh, I want to turn it over to Pastor Dick here, who's going to be talking about an often neglected book of the Bible. That's right. And when I say often neglected, what I really mean is too often neglected. Uh, it's what the smallest book and the shortest book of the Bible, Jude. Now, pastor's probably going to tell us here pretty quick why it's often neglected, but more importantly, why it shouldn't be neglected. So uh, I'm going to let him get to it right away. Pastor Dick, tell us a little bit, if you can, about the book of Jude. You've you've already done about... 75% 75% of my introduction. Oh, I have not. Okay. <laughs> Some time ago, Curtis and I were talking about what ought, ought to be our next podcast. And I mentioned the book of Jude, and he jumped on it right away. You bet. And uh, it is a wonderful book in the Bible. Uh, it is uh, not the shortest book. It's only one chapter. Uh, Second John and Second third, John, third John, and shortest. Yes, yeah, Second, right. Third John are shorter, but this is a short one, and just twenty-five verses. That's right. But it is loaded with information. And what is the Book of Jude all about? Well, I have uh, uh, called it the Acts of the Apostates. Um, Paul wrote. A book called The Acts of the Apostles, and and I call this The Acts of the Apostates. Now, what is an apostate? And uh, if you look it up in Webster's Dictionary, it simply means one who has fallen away from their original faith. And so so this book is about those who uh, who have fallen away. And they don't just fall away. Sometimes they creep away. And sometimes it's a, it's a, uh, a immediate uh, 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 falling away. Sometimes it's just kind of gradual. But an apostate is one who has fallen away from their original religious beliefs. And so Jude is writing about those very people. And uh, we're going to keep it on that level. Now, first of all, and uh, uh, I've uh, I've got an outline here that I think that, and I've preached this when I was a pastor, and it took me uh, three or four sessions on Sunday morning to get through this. 
So I don't know how long it's going to take us, Curtis. It takes how long it takes there. Yes, yeah, sir. We, and uh, we always have next month. And yeah. So if it bleeds in, that's fine. Okay. So well, let's get on with it. Okay. Let's do it. Sure. So here's the nicely alliterated outline uh, on Jude, the Acts of the Apostates. Now, first of all, um, in verses one and two, we see uh, that that uh, Jude writes about confidence for believers. Here's what it says: Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. First thing I want you to see is, is that Jude calls himself a servant of Jesus Christ. Now, there is more than one Jude in the Bible. Jude is short for Judas, and uh, this is not Judas Iscariot. Absolutely not. No, this is Jude, and and uh, let's let's see how he identifies himself. He identifies himself as a servant of Jesus Christ, and then uh, he he identifies himself as the brother of James. Now, James, um, there there are several James in the Bible, but this is James that we find in Matthew. Chapter 13, verse 55. If you'll turn in your Bibles to that, we'll get you there. Matthew chapter 13, verse 55. And it's talking about Jesus Christ. Who was he? And uh, the people said, is not this the carpenter's son? And of course, his, uh, his father, now not not the birthing father, not the, not the conceiving father, but his father on earth. His earthly father. His earthly father. It's, it's not, not this. The, not his biological. No, he's not his biological father because Jesus was born of a virgin. Oh, yeah. But he says, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this, is not his mother called Mary? Now you notice it didn't refer to a father, did he? No. No. And his brethren were James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. Yeah, or Jude. Or Jude. Yeah. So this is Judas, one of the sons of Mary and a brother of James. The other Judas is Judas Iscariot, and he is called the Judas Iscariot because that was his bloodline. His bloodline didn't didn't go back to Mary. He was the he was the one who betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Jude, who was one of Jesus' brethren, and uh, it says also it says, and his sisters are they not all with us? So we know now that that Jesus had four earthly half brothers. And I guess technically, Pastor, they'd be considered. Half-brothers and half-sisters. Half that's right. Yeah. Half-brothers and half-sisters. Now, we don't know how many sisters because they're not named here that's right. uh, in Matthew chapter 13. But first of all, his uh, he was a servant of Jesus Christ, and he was a sibling of James. James is one of the most named apostles in in the uh, in the New Testament. Right. We often see the three apostles named together 
That's right. Yeah, what are they? Peter, James, and John. That's right. That's right. Now, this is not the shortest book in the Bible. The book of Jude is, is a little bit longer than 2 John yeah, and 3 yeah, John. I, I misspoke. Okay. And so, first of all, Jude was a servant of Jesus Christ. That's what I want to be, Curtis. I don't. Uh, that's what I think. That's what we all strive to be, Dad. That's what I want to be, and that's why we're doing these podcasts. We want yes. to be a servant of Jesus Christ. Yes. And then uh, Jude refers to his identity as a sibling or the brother of James. And by the way, here are the scriptures. I won't turn to all of them. We've already read uh, Matthew chapter thirteen. But uh, you'll see that in Galatians 1, 19, Mark chapter 6, verse 3, and Acts chapter 1, verse 13. And so that's the identity of this Jude. He's not Judas Iscariot who committed suicide because he betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. This was a half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, along with those three others that we named. So, so that's, uh, that's the identity of Jude. He is a servant of Jesus Christ, and he is a sibling or brother of, of James. And so that's who this Jude was and is. Secondly, I want this, this book is about insurance for believers. Let's read the next couple of verses. It says here, um, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. And uh, he says here that in uh, that uh, that uh, he uh, that we are sanctified, that we are set apart. Um, he says, and he says that because we were declared unto the saints. That's what that means. That means we're sanctified. Sanctification, by the way, wonderful doctrine in the scriptures. Wonderful doctrine. Uh, sanctification means to be set apart or to be made holy or to be a saint. Paul comes from the Greek word hagios and uh, so that means we are separated. We're made saints. Uh, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are separated positionally That's correct. from the world. That's right. Now, you're in the world. Yeah. But, but you're, you're positioned. the world. But you're not of the world. Now you're of Jesus Christ. That's right. And that's what Jude wants to tell you, that, that's, that uh, you are sanctified and that's Sanctification is positional. Uh, understand this, sanctification, oh, most one of the most misunderstood doctrines in the Bible. It's misused also. Misused is, as, so, so let's turn to John chapter 17. Matthew, Mark, ooh, and John chapter 17. We have already said that, uh, that uh, sanctification is Positional. That's our position in Jesus Christ and in the world. Uh, John 17 says this. It's also practical. Sanctification is also practical. Look at John chapter 17. Let's begin reading at verse. Uh, oh, let's begin reading at verse 17. 
uh, here's uh, here's what it says in John 17. And Jesus says this, sanctify them, that is believers, through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. And so, so sanctification is what he's talking about here. First of all, is practical, but it's also, um, and, and I can take you to several of Turn to 2 Timothy, by the way. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 21. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 1. And I'm taking time to turn there because I know you're taking time to turn there. Uh, 2 Timothy, chapter 2. Verse, uh, let's, let's look at verse 21, shall we, Curtis? It says, if a man therefore purge himself from these, from what? From all of the stuff that went before uh, th this. The things it, of the world, gold uh, and silver. That's right. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet or fit, for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. And so sanctification is not only positional, it's a practical. Um, we can, you know, I, I will give you 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 also uh, as a verse. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, which says this, uh, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And so sanctification is, is, is positional and it is practical. Turn to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 says this. Let's see if I got this correct. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and ashes of the heifer sprinkling, uh, of a heifer, heifer, brother, sprinkling and unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh. And so sanctification means that you are uh, purified progressively it hasn't happened all at once but you should include verse 14 why don't i um, how how much more shall the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself uh, without, without spot, spot to god. god purge your conscience from the dead works to serve the living god yeah. and so that's what sanctification that's is right. all about it's it's uh he, he compared Old Testament law yeah. or the blood of bulls and goats yeah. because that's what forgave sins. Yeah. And so in the since, Old Testament too. Since we read Hebrews 10 verse 14, that was my next point anyway. Sanctification is perfect. That is complete. Complete. And, and we've got to practice to complete. We practice to get better. It's positional. It's practical. It's progressive. And it is perfect. 
that is complete. Okay, so that's what uh, Jude is talking about when he's talking about the insurance for believers. Let's uh, go back to the book of Jude. And, and to be clear about that, the last passages that you wrote, uh, that was just a comparison between the Old Testament blood sacrifice of bulls and That's, goats versus the New Testament sacrifice yeah. of the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. By the way, um, here's the other insurance for believers uh, that Jude mentions in these first couple of verses that uh, we're that we're where our sanctification is positional, practical, progressive, and perfect, we are also preserved in Jesus Christ. One of the things that bothers me is those who want to teach uh, that you can lose your salvation. Folks, I never forget the first conversation I had with my wife. We didn't know each other very well. And she and I went over, introduced myself to her. And I won't tell you about the setting. That's too it takes too much time. And uh, and uh, and I asked her out for a date. She says, "What do you believe about eternal security?" And I said, "Well, I just look at John three sixteen, where He gave us everlasting life. You can't lose your it's salvation." Eternal. She told me later, if I hadn't answered that question, she'd never have dated me. And now she's my wife of 41 years, soon to be 42 years. So, but we are preserved in Jesus Christ. Look at the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 13 and 14, it says this, In whom, that is in Jesus Christ, whom you also trusted, after that ye heard the word of uh, the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of the glory. Uh, so we are preserved in Jesus Christ. And this is what Jude is always talking about. And he's talking about people who have fallen away from the, uh, from the faith. And he's preaching to them. And this is who we're preaching to. If you're, if you're uh, practicing some sort of apostasy, thinking about falling away from the faith, yes, again. Because you are preserved in Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, it says that we are, um, excuse me, yeah, verse 30, it says, says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. And so we are preserved in Jesus Christ. And so listen to him, listen to him, you people who want to practice apostasy. Uh, this is all these things that that are yours uh, because of your faith in Jesus Christ, and you'd better not fall away from it. Uh, Pastor, if I can ask you a question. You can ask me a question. About apostasy. Uh, you gave a brief explanation uh, in the beginning of the podcast about what apostasy is, but can you give 
a real world example of a pot of what apostasy actually is. If you were born again, let's say at the age of, you know, in your early teens and, and uh, you grow into your thirties and forties. And what happens if you, if you fall away, what, what kind of life might you be living? Could you adopt other religious beliefs and cultures and, it's a possibility, but what it tells me, Curtis, uh, that apostates uh, are people who once declared faith in Jesus Christ, but did not really have it. And there's no evidence thereof. Okay. 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 And I think that's what apostasy really is. Okay. Let's see. We're... Uh, we're talking about insurance for believers. We, we are um, sanctified. Uh, we are preserved. Uh, by the way, we are also called. And what does that mean, called, Curtis? Well, that's a good question. That's uh, a good question. Yeah. yeah. What, what does that mean? It means you are appointed. You have been appointed to an office. This is part of our insurance. We are sanctified, we are preserved, and we are called, that is appointed to an office. And and that ta- talks about our position in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one, verses six and seven. It says this, among whom ye are also the called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, be beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so um, the, our position is we're called to be saints. That harkens back to sanctification. Now look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. One of my favorite chapters of the Bible. Oh, me too. I call it the Holy Spirit chapter. I don't know what anybody else calls it. If you want to know anything about the Holy Spirit, you read Romans chapter 8. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 28. And it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them are the called according to his purpose. And so calling is a position. But there's also a purpose to the call. I love love these words. He says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And we could go on and on about that. uh, But uh, because it says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Folks who believe in predestination, that's not anything to do with getting saved. It has everything to do with being saved. Once you're saved, you are predestinated uh, to this calling. And by the way, uh, <laughs> let, let me, I, I want to, Curtis, I'm trying to shorten this a little bit don't, so it won't last until. Don't feel any pressure to do that. Until uh, halfway through the month of March, but there's the purpose of our calling. Uh, 
And then Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, Galatians, Ephesians chapter 4, says this, verses 1 through 3. It says this, uh, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, uh, and uh, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And all this has to do with your calling uh, and your practice thereof. By the way, let's talk about being called. Um, Curtis, I'll never forget the time when I, when I questioned, ah, have I been called to the ministry? How, how, what what is it being called to the ministry? I just I just don't I just, I'm a, and so I had to go to my Bible and I and I looked up the word call or calling and I came to four three uh, three verses uh, and I'm going to read them to you. Philippians chapter three verse fourteen says this. And folks, when you think you're called, here's here's what it is. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Understand this. If you're called, it's a high calling. It's amazing. Uh, in First Tim or Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it says this. Second Timothy, verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And so our calling is a high calling. It's a holy calling. And it was done before you were born and, be, and from the beginning of the world. Uh, Look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Great book of the Bible. Book of Hebrews. Also one of the most neglected yes. uh, verses in the New Testament. Because we, a lot of people think, well, this is written to the, only to the Jews. But it's not. It's written to everybody. So Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 says this, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who is faithful to him that appointed him. Now, and so our calling, and this all has to do with the, our insurance. This is part of our insurance policy. Our, our calling is a high calling, Philippians 3.14. It's a holy calling. We've already read that verse. And it's a heavenly calling in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. And so, so Jude is talking about our, our, the insurance that believers have in Christ Jesus. So, we talked about, and this is all under the heading of confidence for believers. I want you believers to have confidence based on the scriptures, 
that we have simply read here today. Yes, sir. And that might be a good a good point to segue to our next half hour session. Okay. So let me name what it is. Okay. So what? Uh, well, you you go ahead and tell us what it is right now. Okay. We, and this, we're going to sign off for yeah. the next half hour. So. So uh, the Roman numeral one in our outline is confidence for, for believers. And then uh, we'll go into a Roman numeral two, which will be the concern, the concern. of right. Jude. And then we'll be in verses three and four. All right. And I'll read them and then we'll do the. Oh, okay. So, so be sure we're going to cut off for a short break right now. Yes. And we'll be back for another half hour where we'll talk about, pastor will tell us about the concern of Judas. So uh, grab a cup of coffee. We'll be back in just a few moments and we'll, we'll do another half hour of Jude. Right. We'll see you soon.